Welcome back to the Maroon Weekly. It is sixth week, February 10th, and as always, I'm Isaac. I'm Ron. I'm Ruth. And I'm Beza. We have a lot of interesting stories for you all today concerning university housing, a newly discovered virus, and a lot of Iowa caucus and local politics, so we should just jump right into it. First, we have a story about the graduate student funding model. At an event that occurred this past Thursday, the new provost, Kai Lee, discussed the new graduate student funding model. She said, quote, I think, you know, it was the desire to push out the policy earlier to help alleviate some of the situation. When you try to help change one thing, there might be other sort of unintentional consequences. The new funding model focuses on moving graduate students through getting their degree more quickly by placing a cap on the amount of students who can actually participate in the program. Because of lower enrollment sizes, professors have to choose between teaching time, quality of coursework, and dissertation work since they may not have enough graduate students to assist them in all of their classes. Provost Lee stated that the new funding model is an ongoing process that will roll out over the next three years. Unrelated to the university, but still pretty interesting because the Maroon has been covering this for a long time, the Chicago Department of Housing has released a draft ordinance titled the Woodlawn Affordable Housing Preservation Ordinance, aimed at reducing displacement for census areas within three-fifths of a mile of the proposed Obama Presidential Center in Jackson Park. The ordinance contains stipulations such as allowing tenants rights of refusal to landlords who wish to sell their property and expanded initiatives for landlords to develop their properties while maintaining affordability. The DOH draft ordinance rejected propositions to include pilot zones in development, which were an important component of the CBA draft. Pilot zones basically mandate that 30% of new units under development need to be designated as affordable in areas that require a zoning change. The Department of Housing also released a report concurrently with the ordinance advising that it be passed and also advised selling 51 acres of vacant land in Woodlawn. In creating the report and the ordinance, the Department of Housing consulted many organizations, including the Coalition for CBA and Preservation of Affordable Housing. I have a story on the recent outbreak of coronavirus in China and other countries across the world. So on January 28th, Provost Daniel Diermeyer emailed members of UChicago to inform, uh, inform members of the university community that the university is temporarily closing programs in China concerning the recent outbreak of the newly discovered novel coronavirus. He also explained that travel to China and Hong Kong during this time period is discouraged to all members of the university community. The new coronavirus, or 2019 NCOV, is part of an overarching family of viral disease called coronavirus and is rather similar to severe acute respiratory syndrome, SARS, or Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, MERS. Dr. Emily Landon, an epidemiologist at UChicago Medicine, was able to comment on this newly discovered disease. We don't know everything there is to know about the 2019 novel coronavirus yet. We're still learning a lot, she said. A lot of the figures and data that will be presented, uh, she provided for the maroon. The 2019 NCOV is predicted to have a mortality rate of 3%, which is much lower than that of SARS is 15%, and MERS is 30-40%, to though a higher infection rate has been observed. The problem with these figures is that there is a lot of underestimation occurring concerning the reported infections and deaths from the virus because a lot of individuals in Wuhan and other parts of China have not been tested. The flu is very similar to the coronavirus and is spread in a very similar way. The most effective way to limit exposure to the virus is to keep distance from individuals expressing symptoms. A common misconception about this family of viral disease concerns the effectiveness of the -the over-the-counter masks that can be ordered from Amazon or other retailers that a lot of us can see individuals wearing on campus or anywhere else. 
Those don't do much except keep large particles of debris out of one's mouth, such as pollen or anything else like that. These do, however, limit the spread of infection if an individual is symptomatic. UChicago Medicine released some more literature about staying healthy during flu and this new disease season, so go ahead and check that out. There will be a special <laughs> report involving the full-length interview coming out soon. Uh, transitioning to politics, we have some stories about uh, the recent Iowa caucus, as well as other political organizing happening on UChicago campus. Uh, to begin, in an article lit- written by Laura Gersony, we got a peek into a day of canvassing in Iowa on February 3rd, which was the day of the Iowa caucus. UChicago for Warren organizers Celia Hoffman and Sophia Cabrera canvassed from noon until 5 p.m. in the suburbs of Des Moines, Iowa. Cabrera emphasized that the Warren campaign takes a personalized approach to canvassing, focusing on making individual connections between canvassers and voters. The goals of the campaign and its volunteers have shifted since summer, though. Originally, the door-to-door work focused on listening and recording the issues important to voters. Closer to the primary, however, volunteers have taken on a more persuasive approach in order to win over voter support. Cabrera and Hoffman both have been longtime Warren supporters, appreciating her role as an activist and a legislator. Cabrera also noted that Warren's dog, Bailey, bolstered her support. Uh, On a related note, another article by Jeremy Lindenfeld outlines the outcome of the satellite caucus that was held at University Church on February 3rd. Senators Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren both received two delegates in the process out of the available five, and Mayor Pete Buttigieg received the remaining one delegate. The Iowa Democratic Party introduced satellite caucus locations for the first time in this election cycle, approving 110 total satellite locations. The Hyde Park satellite location was attended by 24 Iowa voters. Hannah Greger, a first-year grad student at the School of Social Service Administration, served as the elected caucus chair. Greger, alongside James Scretta, a PhD student in the music department, organized this satellite location. All candidates with support were considered viable after the first round of allocation, so no second round alignment was needed to tabulate the results. Warren won the room with 11 supporters total, while nine supported Sanders and four supported Buttigieg. The Hyde Park Satellite Caucus also attracted more than 30 observers, some of who advocated directly for their candidates of choice. This included UChicago law professor Jeffrey Stone, who spoke in support of his former student, Amy Klobuchar. After the results were announced, caucus-goers had the opportunity to advocate for party platform resolutions, but no participants offered any suggestions, so the caucus was adjourned after the tabulation. Moving on to Sanders, Sanders finally addresses his roots, and uh, he addresses UChicago for Bernie at Canvas kickoff event. Uh, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders kicked off a Canvas launch at his campaign's Iowa City field office on Sunday afternoon. After the event, a crowd of an estimated 200 supporters dispersed to knock doors around Iowa City. Supporters were excited to see Nina Turner, the campaign co-chair, chanting her name and cheering throughout her speech. In her speech, Turner emphasized the diversity of perspectives within the campaign, calling it a rainbow mosaic. She also argued against the idea that Sanders is not electable due to the perception of his policies as radical and said, that those criticizing the senator's proposals were not well informed about the realities of daily American life. Turner touted Sanders' progressive record dating back to his college activism protesting segregation in Chicago schools. 
Her mention of the University of Chicago drew loud cheers from the crowd, which included members of UChicago for Bernie. First-year UChicago medical student Hader Ali, who canvassed for Sanders with UChicago for Bernie, believes Sanders' ability to motivate both voters and volunteers sets his campaign apart. Sanders concluded his speech in Iowa City by underlining the, the centrality of volunteers to his campaign. We talk about us, not me, Sanders said. That's not only a good bumper sticker, which it is, it is a profound political and philosophical statement. Also, on first day of final push, UChicago for Bernie reflects on months of buildup. Over the course of multiple trips to Iowa, UChicago for Bernie has developed close relationships with Bernie Sanders' campaign staff. So close that UChicago students this weekend will camped out not only in regional field director Jody Clemens' house, but in the homes of her mother, mother-in-law, and aunt scattered around Iowa City. The trip was UChicago for Bernie's sixth trip to Iowa since November to canvas before the, Demo the Democratic Caucus on Monday. They brought close to 130 people on the trip from Chicago to Davenport, Waterloo, and Iowa City. Most of the canvassiers were UChicago students, but UChicago for Bernie has become a rallying point among U students supporting Sanders from the broader Chicago area as well. The group also plans to send members to other schools in Illinois ahead of the Illinois pri primary in order to support the leaders of other students for Bernie chapters. According to Ginsky, a lead organizer and a PhD student at the SSA, the group began as a meeting of a few Sanders supporters and gradually grew into a more robust organization that has held rallies on campus and hosted weekly phone backs. Ginsky estimated the volume of work UChicago volunteers have contributed to be equal to multiple full-time staffers. Most Sanders canvassiers have what they call a Bernie story, a personal narrative illustrating their connection to Sanders' platform for the power of his ideas. Ginsky's grandfather, an Army veteran and farmer in Southern Illinois who voted Republican most of his life, heard Sanders speak on television and was won over. Ginsky cited her grandfather's support as an example of Sanders' cross-generational appeal. When Ginsky and her colleagues were initially forming Chicago for Bernie, she said they wanted to make sure that Sanders' alma mater represented him in a way that characterizes the university's distinctive identity, telling a story of how she made fast friends with a math PhD student. That really guides us, Ginsky said, the life of the mind and the practice of solidarity among workers. And then just to briefly touch on New Chicago for Pete, uh, who's the third biggest candidate uh, in the Democratic primaries. During final push on Wednesday of last week, Jacob Scher, along with first year Olafar Kriko and second year Laura Duffy, traveled 70 miles south of the Buttigieg campaign office in Newton to Ottawa, which is a city of around 25,000 people. This trip was a final push to canvas for Mayor Pete and support his candidacy to voters in Iowa who still may be on the fence about who to vote for. Some Ottawa voters, such as Tony Welch, showed support for Buttigieg. She said, I'd like somebody fresh and young. Young's important, even though I'm old. Young's important to me. That's all we have for you guys this week. Uh, as always, I'm Ram. I'm Isaac. I'm Ruth. I'm Beza. And... Music for The Weekly was produced in part by Aaron Senden, Andrew Dietz, and Kenny Tabula Vega. And thank you very much to all of the Logan staff for the audio recording equipment and space. And as always, we will see you next week. Have a good week. Enjoy college break day. Thanks, Rob. <laughs>